can never be too sure. I smile and walk the old woman out, opening the door for her as she heads into the cold northeastern night. Have a good one, Maddie, I call. The woman waves in return, disappearing into the darkness as I shut the door and head back to the hotel front desk. I center myself and look down at the smooth oak surface, taking it all in. This is going to be my new view for five nights a week during the quarter. Unfortunately for me, there is no service out here in the deep main woods, distant from both the campus and the small central town, so I won't be sending any texts tonight. I turn to the old desktop computer to my right and try to see if I can connect to the internet, but my suspicions are correct and I soon find that even an online connection is non-existent. I click through a few folders on the computer, searching desperately for a game of any kind, and then suddenly breathe a sigh of relief as I find an ancient version of Solitaire, which I quickly boot up and start playing. An hour flies by quickly as I relearn to play this card game of my childhood, not a single person entering or exiting the hotel lobby. According to Maddie, not many people stay here, which is a strange thing for a business owner to be fully aware of and not doing anything about. Regardless, it means that I could be going several nights without providing a service to anyone. Currently, there is only one guest staying at the Outlook Hotel, and they haven't made a peep. Now that midnight has finally arrived, I pause my game and make my way through the ground floor of the building, scanning my surroundings for anything out of the ordinary. To be fair, everything is a little bit out of the ordinary here. The furnishings consist of mostly things that Maddie's late husband collected on his business trips back and forth between the United States and England. The entire manor has an eerie old-world vibe that can rarely be found on this side of the Atlantic. As expected, everything checks out on the first floor, so I make my way up to the second, which is basically just two long hallways with a few bedrooms scattered throughout. There's nothing to see here, so I continue upward. The moment that I reach the third floor landing, I immediately notice that something is wrong. The rooms here are as they should be, clean and empty, but a dim light shines down from the stairway to the forbidden fourth floor, casting the landing in a strange glow. I walk briskly over to the bottom of the stairs and look up them, finding that the door at the top has been left wide open. The lock on the door appears to have been cut by some kind of heavy-duty bolt cutters. Shit, I say to myself, my heart suddenly skipping a beat. I'm not superstitious in any way, but the way that Maddie was acting about this particular room was unusual enough to make me a little cautious as I make my way up the stairs. The room appears slowly as my view finally crests over the top and reveals the attic. Before me is a seemingly normal room with rustic hardwood floors, the wallpaper appearing to be exactly the same as it is the rest of the manor. There's even a small table and chair positioned awkwardly against the far wall. However, in this particular room, a medium-sized mirror hangs central to everything, deep, black, and foreboding. I take a few more steps up until I can see myself in the mirror hanging directly across the room from me, and then stop abruptly in complete shock. My reflection in the mirror is almost exactly as it should be, other than one strange detail that makes my heart skip into double time and my breath catch in my throat. Instead of my regular clothing, the mirror shows that I'm wearing the lingerie hidden beneath, my outer layer rendered completely transparent. I glance down just to make sure I didn't somehow slip out of my clothing on the way up, and sure enough, they're still there. When I look back at the mirror, my lingerie-clad body remains. Suddenly, there's a loud creak from the third-floor hallway behind me, and I spin around, just barely catching a glimpse of someone's shoe as they take off down the lower stairs. Hey! I call out. Suddenly, the mystery man is running, their feet slamming hard against the floor as they race down the staircase. I immediately follow in hot pursuit, leaving the attic wide open as I sprint as fast as I can downward. 
No matter how fast I go, the man always seems to be just the slightest bit in front of me until we reach the lobby and somehow I manage to catch up with him, grabbing the guy by the shirt collar as he tries in vain to escape out of the hotel's front door. A small man. I pull him back and spin him around. What are you doing? I ask firmly. The mystery man shakes his head, stammering something about getting lost on his way to the bathroom. You got lost so you cut the bolt on a door? I demand to know. Please. Suddenly I recognize the guy. He's the only guest that was checked in tonight, a quiet and unassuming man when I first saw him, now wide-eyed and terrified at being caught red-handed. Do you know what's up there? The man asks. Do you realize what that mirror is? I've seen mirrors, I tell him. The man shakes his head violently. Not like this one. Not at all like this one. That mirror is a piece of history. It belongs in a museum not locked up in this old bed and breakfast. Well, that's not yours to decide, I tell him. Now sit down while I call the police. No, 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 listen to me, the man says.